1: And welcome to Star Wars Action News. This is Marjorie.
0: And this is
2: Arnie. And my bags are packed. I'm ready to go. I'm leaving on a jet plane. I don't know when I'll be back again. Actually, I do. It's like 2 a.m. next Monday. Yes.
1: It's time for San Diego Comic-Con.
2: I feel like doing the Kermit the Frog. Yay! But I won't.
1: Do it. Come on. Yay! (laughs) <laughs> See, they needed a visual. Perhaps you can do it in person for people.
2: At Comic Con. Sure. This week has been all about Comic Con. It's almost like Celebration took a little bit of a back seat this past week. Everybody's focused on Comic Con. I know we're focused on Comic Con. The deadline you have first is always the deadline that's most important, isn't exactly, it?
1: Exactly, yes.
2: But celebration six is the big one this year. I think that the panels show Star Wars presence at Comic Con. There will certainly be one. But everybody's focused on Celebration for Star Wars. I think so. I know we are with our Celebration party that we're doing again with YakFace.com. We still have some tickets for sale for that, and it's really shaping up to be a great party. Now, we mentioned last time that Mark McKenna is the primary artist for our Celebration shirt. And if you're listening to the Enhanced Podcast right now, we are releasing another little teaser image. We released one on Facebook. Here's the second one, we'll put it on Facebook a little later in the week, but we've been getting color on the art now, and it is looking spectacular. And I wish we could show the whole thing, but I don't want to do that till it's final, and everybody's signed off on it. I probably shouldn't even be showing this teaser, everything's subject to change, but we are 90% there, and I think, no, I know we have outdone last time. I showed it to the screen printer who said he wanted it to be even better than last time, and with some inspiration from several people, Jason from Yak Face, Justin from Marvelicious Toys, our own graphic designer Chris, all pitching in some ideas on ways to really make this thing pop. I am stunned when I look at it. I just can't wait to see it on my chest.
1: Yeah, it's really nice. I
2: really like it. It really explodes. doesn't just pop. But we've also got some prizes. In addition to everyone who attends the party getting this shirt free with your ticket, we are getting prize donations. We've got prizes from Hallmark, Sideshow, Yak Face has a ton that they're donating, Diamond Select, Brian's Toys, and we're working on more. We love giving away those door prizes, and we know people like something to go home with. we Wish we could give everybody a toy, but we're getting what we can to give away at that party. It's Darth Rockstar, perfectly named, is going to be our DJ that night. It's all at Embassy Suites on International Drive. It's a con hotel. The shuttle routes and times haven't been announced yet, but we know that that's where we're staying. So we're going to have transportation to and from the con. You can just hop one of the con shuttles to get there.
1: The party is Thursday night, and we're starting to get down at 7.30. And we're going to go a little half hour longer this time, and we're partying till 11.
2: So it's a great time. Head to yakface.com or swactionnews.com and click the banner on the top to get your tickets. One thing we're not going to have at the party is live tattooing.
1: No, however... you're It's going just to not s-
2: sanitary with the food and drinks.
1: Well, I guess it would be, I mean... Last tattoos you got, the guys were drinking and smoking while they did it.
2: Cigarettes, folks. I would never get a tattoo from somebody under the influence. That would not probably look good.
1: No, 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 no. But you may see me at the tattoo pavilion. Maybe Arnie, but definitely me.
2: Well, you have a tattoo that you've been wanting to get anyway. And what better place to get a tattoo than at Celebration?
1: Well, yeah, because it's an R2-D2. I'm
2: just so indecisive. I've got three, and there were three that I... I had my mind on for so long and I got them one, two, three, and then I ran out of ideas. And so now it's, you got to really want it to tattoo it. And I just don't know what I really want right now. So well, I, was thinking-
1: I was lucky because one of our friends and listeners, Aaron was drawing an art too, and I fell in love with it. And it's very cool because it looks like a retro tattoo. It's very fifties kind of pin up looking and it's great. And it's got flowers and x-wings and it's beautiful and i'm gonna get it on my leg
2: i love that because it looks like a tattoo you know yeah. kind of like a guns and roses cover or it
1: something. does it's it's perfect
2: but yet it's star wars and i like that kind of classical tattoo art mixed with the mm-hmm. geeky so and it's very personal to you because we've known Aaron for years yes. and years now
1: and i love r2d2 almost as much as i love jar jar
2: well do you love all r2 units or is it specifically r2d2
1: I actually have a problem with all R2 units. I think they're so freaking cute. If they had big chubby cheeks, I'd be squeezing them and go,
2: oh, look at a little R2. Because Kotobukiya has announced their Celebration 6 exclusive is an R2 unit.
1: It is R2-A6, which is kind of weird because it's like A6, the sports
2: company. I would think it should be R2-C6, but...
1: That would be adorable if it's R2-C6. But he is green, and that's the color of Celebration this year is green.
2: Well, there's several colors. I know, but it seems to be
1: green on their website and green everywhere else.
2: Somebody pointed out it looks a little bit like a Heineken logo, and now all I can see when I look at it is beer.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Well, someone made a Heineken R2.
2: That's cute. But before we get there, I think the reason there's been so little Celebration 6 news this week is because... It's all about Comic-Con.
1: It is. remember,
2: what happens at Comic-Con stays at Comic-Con.
1: It tends to, yes, and that's kind of a good thing. I don't know why Comic-Con is such a hard party and con. My liver at the end of the week is like, oh, can we go home now?
2: It's kind of like the Hasbro exclusives. The Hasbro exclusives sold at Comic-Con stay on eBay. So it works out. Now we are having the Star Wars fan breakfast on Friday the 13th. We need to get that... Head count to the Edgewater Grill. So the day this podcast is released, Monday, July 9th, is your last day to RSVP. Can't believe how many people are coming. It's over twice as large as last year.
1: I think we're taking over their restaurant.
2: We are. They're opening a half hour early for us. Want to give major shout outs to Sideshow, who's donated for a door prize, a 12-inch battle droid set.
1: That's very cool.
2: Diamond Select sent a couple of bust banks. Hallmark has given us
1: amazing amounts. I can't thank Christine enough. We've got some of the exclusive ornaments from Comic-Con and a whole bunch of decorations and different things that people can take away.
2: Brian's toys sent along a removable blade Darth Vader FX saber. So some great prizes and everything. But with the other exclusives, it's been a big week for exclusives. Hasbro did send out some copies of their... Carbon Freezing set figure exclusive, and you can see reviews for that now if you want to see some early previews. Jedi Temple Archives and Yak have very detailed breakdowns as of this time of this recording. Chris Spice from Sandtroopers.com did a video with it. But this week's been a lot about the Sideshow pre-orders for Comic-Con exclusives that have gone up. I gotta say, Comic-Con exclusives from Sideshow this year really just feel like they're exclusive because they were released the week of comic-con or the week before comic-con because you order them they ship immediately to your house you don't have to carry them home which i Yay! prefer round of applause for sideshow oh believe me i love that fact i love not having to ship from home it just takes away a little bit from calling it an exclusive when it goes up the week before and it's delivered to your house that time well
1: but I will tell you that even though we got our carbon freezing chamber from Hasbro and we'll have a very detailed review later on of it, we're still going to be standing in line for exclusives because we try to help people out. Yeah. So, give me more time to help because I know a lot of people want these Hallmark ornaments and I'm trying to get them for a few people so I can help others out. So this does pre line time and Marjorie time and Marjorie and Arnie time and Marjorie and Barrett time and Marjorie and Justin time. So,
2: which is very different time than Marjorie and Arnie time. I just want to go on the record. It
1: is, but you know what I'm saying? We all, you know, I can do things I want. So it's kind of cool that
2: it happens. Well, they put these up for pre-order and I went a little insane about these because sometimes you could never tell with sideshow. Sometimes things sell out so uber quickly, like those droids and other times They never sell out... And so I set up Twitter with mobile alerts to my phone so that every time Sideshow tweeted anything, I'd get a text message immediately.
1: Yeah, so we go out to lunch that day, and he brings his laptop, plops it down on the table. The restaurant we were at happened to have Wi-Fi. And all through lunch, he's watching and watching this and checking his phone. And then all of a sudden, boom, it goes up on pre-order. And here he was working furiously getting it. And he's like, call Sideshow.
2: Try to get in on the phone lines. Well, I was more interested in trying to get the word out on our page as well and remind everybody the 855 sideshow number because last year that's what i had to do not this year if you didn't order the bits the day they came out you can go right now and do that (laughs) commander fox yeah still available as of this recording too so while those droids for 800 in the premium format sold out like nothing i guess cantina band members three and four leaving only two left or Clone Wars character Commander Fox not going to sell out quite so quickly. But let's face it, the hottest Comic-Con exclusives are always the ones that you can't get online. Mm -hmm. Hasbro will be offering their exclusive online after the con, more than likely. They have every other year, but last year it sold out in a matter of minutes and crashed HasbroToyShop.com servers. I remember the nightmare of the Death Star set last year, so people are going to be going there. I noticed one online retailer whose name I won't mention already pre-sold out at Double Retail.
1: Oh boy.
2: I imagine I'll be seeing him in line unless he has a Chinese supplier I don't know about.
1: I think you'll see exhibitor badges from that person in line. Now, usually what they have said is exhibitors can't get in line until the last day. Now, what we've seen in the past is no one's really enforcing that rule.
2: Yeah. And, of course, Hallmark, who doesn't even offer it even for a limited period of time, even for an hour, if you're not at the con... The only way to get the Hallmark ornaments is eBay, so that always leads to a mad rush every day. Mm-hmm.
1: This year, the ornament premiere is happening at the same time as Comic-Con, so I had to pre-order my ornaments and tell the little old ladies, hey, I won't be until Monday or Tuesday. They're like, oh, where are you going, honey? And I told them about the exclusive ornaments, and they're like, oh, my God, and that just amazes them every year. And <laughs> they ask me every year, and they know me.
2: But while at Comic-Con, we do have... Ten minutes scheduled for a Q&A with Hasbro reps, and they haven't done their Q&A in a long time. So this is a great opportunity. We want to know what you want to know. I've started an official thread in the forums. Come to our forums. Don't email me. Don't Facebook. Come to the forums (laughs) and post what question you would like us to ask, and maybe we will. With one big exception. Because this interview is going to come after their official San Diego Comic-Con panel, which we, bandwidth permitting, will be broadcasting live at SWActionNews.com.
1: Is that the new God willing of the century, bandwidth <laughs> permitting?
2: Yes. It is at 11 a.m. Pacific time. So that's noon mountain, one central, and two eastern.
1: I don't know what it is Canadian.
2: About the same. Ah. And they always have a and a portion during their... For the general public, usually only four or five questions get asked, but I guarantee whoever's first at the mic is probably going to be asking,
1: What's up with your distribution?
2: Or pricing. Yes. So those are two questions that we know you want to know.
1: I imagine that there's going to be a line of people with pitchforks and
2: torches. (laughs) It seems like that. I do not envy any of the Star Wars brand team going into Comic-Con or Celebration, because honestly, I want to clarify something I said on last week's show. I said that... I was fine with the dollar price increase and.
1: And not fine with it and that you think it's awesome and you can't wait till they price increase again.
2: No, I think some people took that in the worst possible way you could possibly take that. I mean, I'm right there with whatever that politician's name is. He lost, I don't remember. Who says the rent's too damn high. It
1: was the rent's too high party. Yeah. I don't know who that guy is though.
2: I'm right there. The figures are too damn high. I agree. I'm just choosing to not harp on it. I'm trying to not allow anger about pricing and distribution to ruin love for the hobby, which it seems to be doing. I want to thank every single person who's listening who's on our forums because our forums are still such a positive place where I can go and talk Star Wars. And while people acknowledge these problems... Man, in some other places on the internet, such as the Twitters and things, and I'm not saying anybody's tweeting to me this, but the comments I read on other pages and things in addition to our own, it's all so negative that it seems like a love of the hobby has been lost or something. Are you going to quit the hobby over a dollar? Maybe so. Maybe because the dollar became $5 and cumulatively it's too damn high, then don't do it. If a hobby becomes unfun... You shouldn't pursue that hobby. It's not something you have to do to make the rent or to feed your family. It's what you do for fun. And if it stops being fun, take a break. How could you feed your family on this hobby? That's what I'm saying. Yeah. It's not like your job where if your job becomes sucky, it's you just can't up and quit because it's your job and it pays your mortgage or your rent or whatever. And it's not like any type of schooling or things like that that you really need to see through. This is a hobby. This should be fun. And so I'm not going to sit around and mope and pull my hair out because I have to go to eBay for some Disney droids or because I have to order my figures online. I still enjoy the hobby. I still enjoy the figures. And so I'm choosing to just try to remain positive about all of it.
1: You have to keep it fun. And once it's no longer fun for you, you're not going to do it anymore. It's still fun. Yes, it costs a little more. And maybe we're more choosy about some of the things we buy. But that's what happens is you allocate the funds and divvy them up differently but it's still fun and i still like it yeah it pains me a little bit when i see how much they cost but sometimes you get a win too and we'll talk about that later on
2: exactly i mean a long time ago we budgeted a certain amount for star wars and that budget hasn't gone up it may need to by the way we need to have an offline conversation but
1: i will make a sidebar and give you a follow-up for the board meeting later
2: at this point We're still spending the same amount on Star Wars, so it does mean we're buying less. I'm getting less openers. I am loving it when Amazon, because I am an Amazon Prime member anyway, but if I wasn't, the figure sales they've been having lately would so make it worth it, because I've been getting all my openers on Amazon now, and keeping my mint-on-card ones that I get from the online resellers. I mean, Star Wars collecting, since I picked up with the action figures back in 95 has had its ups and downs. It's not like super articulated is what came out of the gate in 1995. We had pretty poorly articulated figures back then, and then articulation got somewhat better, detail got a hell of a lot better. And then when the saga collection started, I remember people complaining on the R2's news forums that I hung out in back then about how they were basically statues. And yeah, I mean, some of them like Barris-Sophie and... Others, really, there was one way you could pose them, and that's how they looked on the card. I remember the preview figures, Jango Fett and Zam Wessel. You couldn't do too much with them, but they looked really good if that was the pose you wanted them in. But shortly after that, we started getting super articulated, but not all of them were. We got better articulation, and sure, since Revenge of the Sith, and really since about halfway after Attack of the Clones, so almost a decade, we've had high articulation, but... As you can see, every time you kind of marvel when they bring out a Power of the Force to sculpt and put it in a battle pack, it may not be, have to look at that it's a takeaway. It's that we had perhaps a really great heyday with so many figures having so much articulation and so many accessories and things are being scaled back a little And if that really bothers you, my first question is, were you collecting before the super articulated figures or did you just start when the figures became super articulated? And did you only buy the figures with all the articulation? Because if you were collecting in 1995, I've got to be a little suspect when you go, I hate figures with no articulation because I remember Power of the Force 2, he, Luke.
1: That one was really bad. It's still tremendously bad,
2: but awesome. And maybe I'm just an old fogey, but... I'm collecting toys, and in my day, we had five points of articulation, and we liked it. If you want really super detailed, articulated, swappable parts, I have never thought a four-inch figure was the place to look for that. I think Sideshow's 12-inch line, especially now that they've partnered with Hot Toys, is the place to look for that. And again, with the price of figures, you've got to look... You could buy a 1-6 scale sideshow figure for every case of new Hasbro figures. So if that's what you want, it's there, just not in this scale and not in this type of quantity. But that line's getting pretty deep too. And you've just got to focus on what you love. And if you're not finding the love for those figures anymore, is there something else you love? That's where I choose to focus. You can choose to focus on negativity, but I'm glad that the people who talk to me about it haven't. So, no, I understand the frustration, but I don't want every question posted on the forums be, why are you raising prices? Where are the figures?
1: They know this already.
2: Yeah, they're not going to need to hear it from us. I have 10 minutes. Other sites also have 10 minutes. I don't know which ones. I saw Yak Face had announced they were doing it, too. Mm -hmm. I don't want to ask the same questions as everybody else. So come to our forums and let us know your different questions. Maybe you've got a question about fighter pods, or maybe you have a question about the little Play school Heroes figures or something, or a question about the three and three quarter inch. Now this is a live one-on-one interview, so this isn't like the Hasbro Q&A that we'd mail off and could ask, like, on the R5-D4 you released, the third panel to the left is silver when the third panel to the left should be orange as clearly seen at 27 minutes and 42 seconds into A New home.
1: This is kind of like your elevator question. Have you ever heard that term used?
2: No, but I have now.
1: Okay. What it is, is you need to have your elevator speech prepared. Because one time you're going to be in the elevator with someone like, say, George Lucas or someone like that. And instead of looking like a bumbling idiot, you're going, you are going—you want to have it nailed down. So you're like, boom, 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 boom. Good questions. And we're done.
2: So I'm a fast-talking idiot instead of a bumbling idiot. <laughs> Got it. That's the elevator speech. But, yeah, basically we're looking for... Larger scale questions, not about distribution and pricing, that don't go into such minutia that they'll have to get back to me on it. And of course, if it's not shown at Comic-Con, they're not going to say whether or not they're going to make an upcoming figure or release it. I can ask if so there's one person or one ship everybody's asking about, but I When imagine, are you going to make
1: this? When are you going to make this? Do you think they're going to hear that 80 times?
2: They already put that stipulation on the email Q&As that we couldn't ask about that. So I imagine that also would be a great way to get a non-response, such as, you'll have to wait and see, or, well, we'll take it under consideration.
1: Is it going to be like you see on Entertainment Tide or those news shows or TMZ where you'll be asking a question, all of a sudden they throw the mic down and walk off?
2: I've had it happen. Because that would be cool. I've had it happen. I'm not going to say with whom. I've had it happen. It was with me. (laughs) But yes, let us know. Also, if you're going to Comic-Con, we got a press release from Random House audio who that name should sound familiar if you like me love the audio books they put out i always prefer the star wars i read the books and then i listen to the audiobook just to hear the voices and get the special effects and the music
1: well we can thank 50 shades of gray for this beca- i think so because if you don't know which i'm sure you everyone by now knows what 50 shades of gray is
2: it's, they can wiki it if they don't yes
1: it's a dirty book that your wives are all reading by the way guys That was Twilight fan fiction, first of all. So let me put that out there so you've got a little knowledge to go with this next thing I'm going to say. Random House now wants to hear your fan audio because this book was crazy popular and they're talking about making a movie starring Jennifer Aniston, which it might be a nice thing for you guys, I guess.
2: You know, you say that it's because of Fifty Shades of Grey and I'm not going to say you're entirely wrong because I said the exact same thing, but... Nathan from StarWarsFanWorks.com knows so much about fan audio and fan fiction and such. This isn't unheard of in Star Wars. They had a contest for the Star Wars Adventure Journal where fan fiction could become published in that journal, which would end up being canon. They also had the come up with a backstory on StarWars.com a while back where fans could write in and create backstories to... Obscure ships and aliens in the Star Wars universe. So, this isn't the first time that fan derived stories have been looked at officially by Del Rey, Random House, or West End Games, what have you. But it does feel a little like Fifty Shades of Grey may have helped it, but it's not just Star Wars either. They're looking at Star Wars. Percy Jackson and the Olympians, Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy, The Inheritance Cycle, and Artemis Fowl. And I'm not sure from reading their press release if there's going to be a winner from each of the categories or if simply the single best fan fiction from all of them could win. So if somebody writes some really great Artemis Fowl, I don't know what that is.
1: Yeah, I don't know what that is, but it sounds like you don't want to catch it.
2: (laughs) But a great Artemis Fowl story... Could mean we don't get fanfic Star Wars audiobook. But it's going to be free streaming on the net. So I will definitely check it out. If it's a Star Wars one, you can do that at the Random House booth at San Diego Comic-Con. And I think it's a great way for fans to get involved. I don't personally have time to write any kind of fiction, fan or otherwise.
1: You live in the now.
2: But I do think that was a great way for a fan to get that. I realize not all fan fiction is good fan fiction, but likewise, <laughs> likewise, not all fan fiction is bad fan fiction.
1: No, I'm sure that there are some great undiscovered writers out there who just don't have the right avenue
2: and this to may get be discovered a good way.
1: for audio. This doesn't mean it's going to lead to a book deal,
2: right? But it could. You never it could, know. Yeah. Now on to toys. Went on a massive toy run in St. Louis this past weekend. Did not find any new vintage figures. I had read some more reports of people finding wedge and others. What I did find were two new battle packs. Now these are the ones Jonathan from Republic Forces Radio Network had found at his Walmart the week before, but he didn't feel like picking up at the new nearly thirty dollar price. And I Yeah, don't blame that's him. kinda
1: high, but you know
2: It's three figures for thirty dollars.
1: That's going right. Those used to be a bargain.
2: These are the new sculpts. They were talked about way back at Toy Fair, but by being new sculpts, I know a lot of people aren't very happy with them because these are the figures with five points of articulation like I was talking about earlier in the show. I honestly was hemming and hawing on picking these up. What pushed me over the edge is I was at a target that, even though it was after July 1st, had not instituted the July 1st price hike yet. So I was able to get these for $22, and I didn't want to hesitate on them because I still have that completest bit in me. And I probably would have passed for 30 because how many times have we seen this kind of stuff go on sale and on clearance now? Yeah. It's not that I'd be saying I'm never buying it. I'm saying I'm waiting for it to go cheaper. I'm waiting for a sale. But for $22, I decided I would go ahead and jump on these. There's two sets, a prequel and a modern day. The prequel is Duel on Naboo with Obi-Wan, Qui-Gon, and Darth Maul. And again, if you like articulation, this isn't it for you. You've got neck and arms and legs. And that is the worst Obi-Wan ever, that face. You think? I thought it actually looked pretty good. No, look at the hair, first of all. It is a little Sandy Duncan, but they gave him his... (laughs) They gave him his mole. You know, he has that mole okay, on his forehead. I understand,
1: but I could put a mole on Qui-Gon and it won't not going to look like Obi-Wan.
2: It's a very good Qui-Gon. That it That looks is. a lot like Liam Neeson.
1: It does, but the Obi-Wan is just so bad. And Darth Maul, his head looks funny. He's just tilted wrong and he's got his weird teeth gnashing.
2: It almost does look like Darth Maul's like, do I have any spinach in there? <laughs> That's kind of how his mouth is pulled back from his teeth. I I like the Obi-Wan face. I think they got the cheekbones right. I think they got the pursed lips right. They got the mole. The Padawan braid, it looks a bit like a tail. It doesn't really look like a hair braid. It's a bit thick. I love the vibrant color of Qui-Gon's green saber. They often wash out the sabers. Obi-Wan's here is a little bit washed out. Darth Maul's is a little bit washed out. But Obi-Wan's is this vibrant, bright green that I really like. So I think there's some good in here. We've been complaining about the soft goods and the plastics lately limiting articulation in places. Well, here, they've molded the skirts to the legs or whatever you yeah, call them. Yeah, they've got the old-style
1: vintage pantsuits legs.
2: Exactly, because they have the vintage-style mm-hmm. articulation. Yeah. So it's going to allow you to move them and sit them in vehicles and whatnot without being hampered by harder vinyl or soft goods that don't look quite as good to me and cost more. But... You've got the cut look here, which is what we had. Again, Power of the Force 2 era was doing this type of thing too, except for like the Royal Guard we got. You want to talk about statues, two points of articulation and we liked it. The second pack, original trilogy, the best in battle with a great, great looking. This may be my favorite yet, Boba Fett. He doesn't have the removable helmet. He, he does look good. He doesn't have the articulation. But if you go with just, again, the pose in the package is the pose you're posing him as, my God, is mm-hmm. he really... The colors He's on him... detailed, like
1: the little wrinkles in his pants and everything. Yeah. It's actually really good. The Luke is laughable, but...
2: What you gonna do?
1: Yeah, and, well, Vader's Vader.
2: Yeah, it's a new Vader for Vader completionists. I kind of like the basicness to the Vader. There's no red tint in the eyes. The helmet doesn't flare out overly much. He's got his hand extended so you can do the join me bit. The Luke, he looks a little like a puppy dog. And a little bit long in the face. He has a really nice blue saber, though.
1: Yeah, the sabers are really turning out well. It's like they started using a new manufacturer for them.
2: Or a different type of plastic. I also really like Boba Fett's gun in this one with the hilt Mm -hmm. and everything. I have an appreciation for Boba Fett's gun in general, having the Master Replicas prop of it. But I like his cape here. I like his backpack. I like his armor. This one, and it also hits a sweet spot because I grew up with the OT, but... I can't see passing up on the Best Bespin one unless, again, you just feel you have enough versions of those characters with better articulation. But yeah, to me...
1: I really only pick up the original trilogy one, I think.
2: Yeah. The duel on Naboo, kind of skippable. But then I saw reports on Yak Face and Jedi Temple Archives. Something new was hitting.
1: Yes, it's exciting when new toys are hitting stores because then you go and you go and you hope you find them.
2: Marjorie went with the DPCI. I did. I actually sent you with two because Jedi Temple Archives posted a correction. It had been posted originally. The DPCI was 087060302. Somebody wrote into them and said it's actually 087061172. I don't know which one you used.
1: I actually tried them both and only the first one worked. And here's the trick. I learned something. First, the guys in the Target toy hall were a lot of fun, and they were asking to help me, which is unusual. They want to know if I need help finding anything, you know, am I finding everything okay? And I go, well, you know, as a matter of fact, I'm looking for this. So this one guy kept trying to put it in his little tricoder or whatever the hell they've got, and he says, well, I don't see it. I said, okay, but I see it on the little punchy thing when you put it in because i don't know what that's called (laughs) it's a little punchy thing and so the other guy came up with his justin bieber hair flipped his bangs out of the way and says dude did you put a 049 in front of it puts a 049 in front of the 087 and does the whole thing boom there it is well who knew yeah so if they check on their little tricoder and tell you it's not there ask them if they put a 049 in front of it because
2: they like you to tell them how to do their job (laughs) now i was flustered Because he did bring a case out for you, and these are the three-packs, the representations of the vintage three-packs that they've been doing for a while now, ever since that Christmas six-foot-long set. Yeah. But they've always come out at three three three-packs at a time, but now there's only two.
1: They brought out a case, and it only had three of each, which there were two different designs.
2: And I went online and checked, and sure enough, that's all anybody's finding. It's a strange thing, I think, that they've broken from that pattern. It's possible, because we have seen these also go on clearance, that Target may have said three is too many. People are choosing. But it looks like the Android set with Chewbacca, R2-D2, and C-3PO is not yet shipping. We were able to get the others. There is no toy that I like to get out of Target's DPCI system more than these vintage three packs, because I do love them when they're unpunched. And most all of ours are unpunched. There was Mm -hmm. one set, it got punched. I'm not going to agonize about it, but it did. But these being case fresh, unpunched kind of makes me happy. And now here we have the exact opposite of what we had with those previous battle packs, because here we're getting all new figures. And these are vintage style figures. These are Some really good detail, articulated, loaded with soft goods where appropriate figures. And there's the villain set that comes with a sand person who's swaddled in a soft goods cloak.
1: They could do so much better on the sand people. Or maybe it's just hard to do. I really love sand people because they used to scare me. But this just looks like he's wearing gauze. (laughs) That's been dyed in tea bags. Oh, and he's got a broken hand. Look at that hand. Is that normal? Look at that hand. I think it's
2: just how they posed it. Okay. Because the other one is not like that. Okay. There's another Boba Fett. And this one, I think he looks really good. For some reason, just to me, I like the paint job on the other one more. It's a more vibrant paint job in the three-pack, but that I, the regular one, the low articulation one. But this one is a nice-looking Boba Fett. He's got the removable helmet. He's got... His blaster, which looks very cool. The soft goods half cape. But then, a figure you'll definitely want. A brand new Snaggletooth. And Yak Face did a side-by-side comparison of all the Snaggletooth figures from vintage to now.
1: He's changed a bit.
2: He has. And this is the most movie accurate one ever. And really, compared to that, some of these previous three packs, the one I got punched and I just didn't care enough to go back and try to fix it was a bunch of repacks, and I was so bummed out by it. It's nice to see these sets getting some attention they deserve, getting some retools and some new figures like that Snaggletooth. The next set I like even more. It is the droid set that comes with an R5-D4 that I know people are making a pretty big deal about being... A bit more accurate than the others. For me, I don't have these schematics memorized. I know the general things, but I love the sand look they gave him. The way he is a little bit dirty on the front and on the bottom.
1: He is. That's cute.
2: He's got a nice wash on his dome that looks like it's been a little scraped. The Death Star droid in a wonderful silver. I remember, again, Power of the Force 2. Again, I'm showing my age. They came out with the Death Star droid in black. And I had him silver as a kid. I wanted him silver, and I learned with some nail polish remover, I could start scrubbing him down and remove that black and I got this kind of off silver r a seven that I was happy with. but this one, wow, what a great head sculpt on it. It just really looks like a bug face.
1: Don't you wonder sometimes about the design of why they made things certain way, like what would if this were a real droid? What purpose would that weird mouth have? Terry, I wonder things like that.
2: (laughs) And then there's a brown gonk droid, a new gonk droid with a removable top to show his internal workings. Again, a great, great paint wash on the power droid here. They call him power droid. I call him gonk. It's still not the vintage one. I don't know. I had something in my heart for the vintage coloring of the old purple power droid, but this one, far more screen accurate. Great set. Now, these sets are supposed to be priced at about $26, and given the figures you get in them, I think that's a really good price, because three figures anymore, you're not going to get them for less than approximately $30. The price may be fluctuating. It's been fluctuating all over. I saw some reports that people who were getting these initially, they were still ringing up at the older price of $15 or $16. Phenomenal to get three figures for that. And when Marjorie came home... She'd bought them, and I was happy, and $26, $16, I cared, but not enough to ask.
1: (laughs) And I'll admit, I was buying some other stuff, and I always bring up the Star Wars stuff separate, because we track that, and we have a budget for it, and I didn't pay any attention. I'll be honest, I was buying things for me at Target and things for my doggies, and I didn't pay attention to what the cashier said. Arnie asked me how much when I got home.
2: You had no clue. You had to yank the receipt.
1: Yeah. So I bought, let me just set the scenario here, four of these figure packs, four three-figure packs. I paid five fifty-three each for them.
2: What happened was they never updated their system from when the last sets went on deep clearance and they gave them the same DPCI number. And so without even knowing it, when it rung up, they rang up at the clearance price of the old sets, which is a major win, especially coming the week before Comic-Con when I'm selling stuff on eBay mm-hmm. to try to get a little extra in the Star Wars funds for the exclusives. So if you're hearing this, definitely try out the DPCIs we checked earlier. These are both really good packs. I think I like them both better than the one they didn't release, the Android pack. I gotta see it, but I much prefer a new Power Droid and a new Snaggletooth to another Chewbacca, another 3PO, another R2.
1: I kind can- like having the old figures. It's fun and
2: maybe they're preying in my nostalgia, but I like them. In online news, Sideshow has previewed a bunch of stuff we'll probably see next week at Comic-Con. A new one-sixth scale figure, an Obi-Wan Kenobi. Now you didn't like what Hasbro did. I really like the Ewan McGregor face on Sideshow's six scale figure here.
1: Okay, I'm gonna go out a limb. I think it looks like Jerry O'Connell. No. Maybe I'm, I need to see more photos or need to see it in person.
2: I agree, seeing it in person will always help, but I thought that looked very good. I thought it had a nice look to it. And again, the Jedi body that they use again and again. They've also teased, if you want to go a little bit bigger, a premium format, Darth Malagus. Didn't we say Darth malagus was perfect for premium format? Yes. Life size? Not so much. Are people clamoring to get him? I would like him in premium format, but... If premium format's not big enough, you want life-size? They've also teased a life-sized Boba Fett, which is, of course, made perfectly to go next to your life-sized Han and Carbonite. Yes. Which still hasn't gone on sale. Yes. The life sized Boba Fett, you can tell they're showing us a prototype because he's standing on wood blocks. His hands are holding a gun that's not there. And the wheat logo is missing or very poorly photographed on his chest. Well, you know. It says work in progress.
1: And it is. I,
2: it is. I'm still holding my breath to see if I can even with FlexPay afford their life-sized Han and carbonite. I don't think I'm going to get my hopes up to add the Boba Fett to that, given the pricing of the droids. I just don't like Boba Fett that much, despite my Mandalorian tattoo.
1: Well, you pick what you want. That's the thing. You don't have to buy everything.
2: At least not immediately. No. And then also life-sized, they released for pre-order this past week, a life-sized Jango Fett bust that looks amazing. The silver they got for the metal, the blue they're using on the visor in the gallery photos. Wow. Just amazing. The detail by putting a little bit of rust around him, the wrinkles in the outfit. I can't wait to see this in person. I really hope they have it on at Comic-Con because I want to know if that's some kind of leather or just the most amazing stonework I've ever seen on his neck. The base... It's uniform with all the other bases. It's on a steak. I've never been a huge fan of these bases, but it works better for me because he's armored. If you put something organic there, like Greedo or Bosk or Darth Maul, it always feels like they've been beheaded.
1: But it's still like a sickle.
2: It's a little sickle. but if you take away the base, just don't look at the base. How amazing is that?
1: Oh, if you don't look at the base, it's awesome. And I will say at first, because of the way they have the shading on the photo, I did not notice the base. But then it, there it was, and it was Django
2: Fett on the stick. I like that they did the logo on the base in Django Fett blue, though. Mm-hmm. It's a really nice I love nice that blue. Touch. Yeah. Mm. You okay there? It's just, I'm really impressed with it because Django Fett is so simple, right? It's blue and silver and a little bit of darker purpley blue. But the wash they've given in these detail shots and everything... I'm just astounded with this. I'm just really impressed. And it takes a lot to impress me anymore. Anymore, I have such high expectations. I'm like, yep, sideshow, par for them is excellent. So this really was crazy. And finally, LEGO made a big announcement pre-Comic-Con that they're doing another Ultimate Scale Collectors LEGO set. And this one is a B-Wing, and the B stands for big.
1: Yeah, I like how we're getting all these super sized collectibles.
2: You just need to supersize your collecting room.
1: Yes. And here's the thing about Legos. I like them in theory, but then you have to put them together.
2: I agree. I agree a lot.
1: I have to have things that are very quick for the gratification. If it's a long, drawn-out project, I give up.
2: Still, the amount of detail they put into this with the rotating cockpit and all of the things—they put a four-minute video. I love when Lego does these videos. I know they're
1: fun, aren't they?
2: The first one I saw was their R two, and now they've done it with this B wing, and they've got the Lego Master Builders there showing them off. Check out the video because I like Lego. I don't love Lego, but I like Lego, and when I see these videos, I can see why people love Lego. Mm -hmm.
1: Next up, we have Jerry with his vintage viewpoint.
3: everyone, Jerry here to bring you my latest vintage viewpoint. You know, I hear a lot of talk about the droid factory and modern Star Wars collecting. Go to Orlando right now, the Tatooine Traders, and you get to see a real-life droid factory of Astromech parts. Heck, even back in 2008, Walmart had two packs that were actually called Droid Factory. And of course, many folks refer to the various Build-A-Droid waves as Droid Factory pieces. But whenever I hear Droid Factory, I always do a double take. See, back in my day, Sonny, Droid Factory was the name of a playset, and we liked it! I need another leg. It's
0: Kenner's new Star Wars Droid Factory that you put together to make your own droids. Jawa action figures sold separately. Hey, I
2: made R2-D2.
0: You can make your own droids or follow the droid maker blueprints. By switching different tops, arms, and legs, you can make hundreds of droids up to five at a time. The movable crane swings parts where you need them. You can even make droids with wheels. Gotcha. The Star Wars Droid Factory. Jawa action figures sold separately.
4: New from Kenner.
3: Back in 1979, Kenner released the Droid Factory playset. You remember that scene in A New Hope where the Jawas went into the workshop and assembled all those droids and hoisted the pieces back and forth before heading off to the Lars homestead? Right. However, it does kind of sound like something that would be added to a 3D Blu-ray, but okay, didn't actually happen. We never saw a base of operations for those disgusting creatures. Maybe, just maybe, this was the first expanded universe toy ever made. Actually, that honor may go to the Imperial Troop Transport, but that's another segment for another time. But either way, the basis for the Droid Factory is that you take interchangeable robot parts and make hundreds of different combinations of droids up to five at a time. The set featured an injection molded base featured in the best Tatooine Jawa Brown that you could imagine. The base has with it a hook and a crane, and the set consists of 38 different robot parts. These parts include various legs, bases, wheels, tubes, connector pegs, axes, antennae, but the most exciting part of the set was the fact that you could build your very own R2-D2. More on him later. Now with the set, you could build anything you wanted, or you could follow the Droid Maker blueprints. These blueprints show you the five basic droids, Mechano Droid, Tracto Droid, Quad Pod Droid, Roller Arc Droid, and of course R2-D2. With the obvious exception of R2, none of these other four droids are seen in A New Hope. But if you wanted something to populate that Jawa Sandcrawler, or the Land of the Jawas playset, or heck, maybe even your Cantina playsets, these droids provided the youngsters from the late 70s all the background droids they needed for Moss Eisley. In fact, I often stored these droids when I was a kid in my vintage Kenner Sandcrawler. However, the intended way to store your parts was in the base of the playset itself. Like a fine craftsman toolbox, the base is molded in such a way to perfectly store and identify each piece. But again, the most exciting part of this whole playset, and the sole reason I wanted it as a kid, was for the R2-D2 figure. Because this R2 had something so unique and so awesome that it separates it from the regularly carded 3 three-quarter inch R2-D2 figures from the time. It actually has a removable third leg. Now we had three different R2-D2's released in the original Kenner line. There was the R2 from the original 12, the sensor scope version, the Power of the Force pop-up lightsaber version, but we never got that one with the centered leg that you so often saw in the original trilogy. But for that reason alone, one may not consider their 3 three-quarter inch vintage line complete without him. Yes, I know he's more of a set of parts for a playset, but this R2 is a must have. Now some interesting facts about the droid factory. Since it was released in 1979 originally, the Empire Strikes Back packaging was just around the corner, and one can find the droid factory playset in both Star Wars and Empire Strikes Back packaging. You know, because of that famous scene where Luke leaves Dagobah and then stops by Tatooine on the way to go visit the Jawas and he has them make him a droid army to go invade Bespin? Yeah, hey, make me a quad pod and a roller arc droid. I'm taking Vader out on Cloud City. Okay, I'll stop that now. That obviously didn't happen either. But for a movie where an ice planet, a swamp, an asteroid field, and a city in the clouds are the settings, it does seem odd that anything Tatooine-ish from the original Star Wars would be released in an Empire Strikes Back box. But there you have it. Interestingly though, it wasn't just a logo swap. The entire picture on the box is different. The differences are subtle, but the key changes is is that a Tatooine Luke and Obi-Wan Kenobi figure are featured on the picture of the Empire box, whereas the Star Wars box only had Jawas on it. So the Empire box was briefly seen in 1980, and then the set faded into obscurity with no further releases. However, if one owned a Jabba's Dungeon playset from 1983 and 1984, this Droid Factory base and crane should look somewhat familiar to you. Now, in what might be the crappiest vintage playset ever, the Jabba Dungeon playset used a Droid Factory base remolded to not have slots for droid parts, but to just have some random useless detail. The set was released twice, both as Sears catalog exclusives. The first was available in the 1983 Wish Book with a gray base and included three figures, 88, Nick 2, and Skiff Guard Klaatu. And when it was released in 1984, the base was more of a tan, bronzish color, and it was released with EV99, Barada, and a Man of Man. Now, both were released in Return of the Jedi boxes, even though the 1984 set had Power of the Force figures. Because of that though, the 1984 release is the more expensive and desirable of the two. But again, it may not be because of the playset. Power of the Force figures in general are more desirable, especially these three. Now again, as much as I love vintage, this playset is terrible. But anyway, back to the Droid Factory. Another interesting variant of that set is its international counterpart. Perhaps you recall me discussing how UK Palitoy versions of some playsets differ in various ways. I talked in depth about the Palitoy Death Star in one of my very first Vintage Viewpoints back a few years ago. But the other Palitoy playsets that differed were the Creature Cantina. Land of the Jawas, and the Droid Factory. The biggest difference was that instead of having a hard injection molded base, the Palatoy versions would be thermoformed with a piece of recycled chipboard blistered across the bottom. This was to save cost. Now in the case of the Droid Factory set, this resulted in the set not having a crane since a thermoformed piece of plastic wouldn't allow you to snap something in place. You would just tear right through it. I actually owned this set for a while, but decided to get rid of it years ago along with the Cantina and the Land of the Jawas set. After acquiring them, I realized they just weren't different enough to warrant having basically two of the same playset set and using that extra space. When I moved in 2006, the collection went from a finished basement to a main floor office room, so I needed to make some cutbacks. But I recalled the Palatoy version including most, if not all, of the other pieces, including the R2 of the center leg. Interestingly, there was a color variant on the base. It came with either a tannish-brown base that closely matched the color of the Kenner version, or it came with a blue base. I actually have the blue one, and the blue one tend to be the more rare of the two. Now I had the Droid Factory set growing up as a kid, and with 38 parts you can imagine that many of them didn't quite survive. A lot of pieces broke, especially all the pegs that stick out of most of these parts. They were small, soft, and would easily tear off as you pulled pieces out over and over again. My personal tragedy with this was tearing the peg off of one of R2's legs. Now there are two other sets of astromechish legs that you could use on R2, but they just weren't the same. R2 looked all silly with the, the other shaped legs. Now as I recall though, these pieces did not hold very well together. The five basic droids in the blueprints held together fairly well, but if you tried to create anything on your own, good luck. It would rarely be stable and was quite frankly very frustrating. In fact, beyond the basic five droids I mentioned earlier, the blueprints do show you how to build eight other types of droids, including the monster droid that requires three separate sub-assemblies and use up almost all the parts. It actually kind of reminds you of a Lego instruction sheet at that point. But I remember very well as a kid, that stupid droid not assembling worth a crap. If you built it, good luck in playing with it. The thing would just topple over if you stared at it wrong. So when I decided to complete my vintage collection back in 1999, I went hunting for a new Droid Factory playset. Oddly enough, the first thing I bought was a reproduction of the sticker that went around the barrel of a Kenner R2 figure. And this sticker would actually work on any Kenner R2 figure, not just the Droid Factory one. I got the sticker off eBay and paid around $10 with shipping and all, but I figured it'd be a good backup in case I ever found a good R2 body that just didn't have a good sticker, but I still wanted something that would display very nicely. But shortly thereafter, though, I realized I wouldn't need this reproduction sticker. I was at the Earth Collectible Toy Mall in Cincinnati, and randomly they had a fully unapplied original Droid Factory decal sheet for like $20.00. I decided to go ahead and pick it up. I figured at the least I could find a set with really crappy stickers that I could peel away and clean off and then apply these new stickers to it. However, continuing my good luck, something very interesting happened. In a routine visit to Trevor's World Flea Market back in 2000, one of the mainstay vendors there who had tons of great vintage Star Wars items had a droid factory set in an Empire box. I was ecstatic because I really wanted the Empire box, because the picture on the front of it is much cooler to me, and it's certainly the more rare of the two. It came with all the pieces still sealed in their baggies, complete with blueprints, the Kenner toy catalog, the parts list, and the cleanest, mintiest and crane one could ask for. But guess what was the one thing it was missing? That's right, the sticker sheet. And because of that, I ended up getting it for a song. The box was beat up a little bit with a tear on the backside, but it displays very nicely. And yes, for 12 years, I've not had a Droid Factory set that I've allowed myself to set up and display. But I really enjoy having a mint and sealed set, and also displaying that really unique Empire Strikes Back box. This has always saddened me, though, because although I possessed all the parts to build the center leg R2, I've never done it. It's one figure that does not proudly take its place along with all the other 100 figures from the original Kenner line. But then a Christmas miracle occurred. I told an abridged version of this story on the 2011 year-end wrap-up episode of Star Wars Action News, but a good friend of mine took all of his childhood toys from his parents' house. He gave me the Star Wars toys and asked me to sell his G.I. Joes. He gave me all the Star Wars toys first, and I just kind of stored them and didn't really have a lot of time to go through them during the fall. And then in November, he gave me all the G.I. Joe toys so we could get going for the Christmas season with eBay in. Well, After about spending four to six weeks in G.I. Joe eBay Paradise, I failed to realize all the cool Star Wars toys he gave me. Oh, I noticed there was a droid factory in there, but it seemed like it was missing most of the parts. Well, Not true. It was just a little bit after Christmas that I found buried at the bottom of the pile a pencil box that had all the parts, all except the R2-D2 with third leg. But then there was a separate pencil box that had several Star Wars figures in it, and among them was a fully assembled center leg R2-D2. So well preserved, it was like 1979 all over again. It was too late to include it in my wall-mounted figure cases, but I placed it in one of those upright plastic cover stands so that it could be featured prominently on my vintage toy shelf. It is truly one of my favorite vintage items, and even cooler that a friend randomly gave it to me in a way that still allowed me to dig it up and discover it on my I mean, seriously, this thing was in my basement for like four months before I ever even realized I had it. Now, as with all my vintage viewpoints, I'd like to give some advice on how to acquire this piece today. You see, the Droid Factory is a very tough item to shop for. With so many pieces that break so easily, you have to be sharp and really know what you're looking for. First, there are 16 tiny little connector tabs in the set. Good luck in finding one with all 16 tabs. Secondly, there are two vac-metalized pieces in the set. One, of course, being the R2-D2 dome. That R2 head not only flakes easily, but the blue paint does as well. Now of course sticker quality is very tough. In reality, the only sticker that I think most people would be overly concerned about is the body sticker of R2D2. And like all of its three and three-quarter inch counterparts, this sticker yellows very easily. Now on the flip side, one can buy a Kenner Droid Factory set for a relatively low cost. The best one on eBay right now, as of this recording, has a Buy It Now of $119.90, and it's 100% complete. It includes the blueprints, the part list, a box with some very bad tearing on the back, but what appears to be a very nice condition R2D2 accessory. There is also an auction of an R2D2 by itself. Its buy it now is $35. It's in a used, but very good condition. The sticker on it has some wrinkles from a very poor application, there's definitely some flaking of the blue paint on the dome, but it's not bad. The palatoy version on the other hand is very hit and miss to be found on eBay, but there are a couple up right now. One has a blue base and a buy it now $500, and the other one has a yellow base at $230. The blue base set is the rare of the two, so perhaps this is a reasonable difference. However, one. One auction tells you which parts are missing, and the other simply says that all the parts included are shown in the picture, leaving you to kind of wonder, is there some parts missing or not, and if so, which are they? If you don't have a parts list on you, it's not very easy to ascertain what they and not. So buyer beware of auctions that read like that. Well, thanks everyone for joining me once again in the step back in time to see what a real droid factory is all about. If I don't offer up a segment between now and Celebration 6, I definitely look forward to seeing all of you down in Orlando, and I hope to see you at the Star Wars Action News Party. And heck, maybe we can hang out at the droid factory down there in the Tatooine like temperatures of Orlando in August. See how I brought all that back together? All right, well, I'll now return you to Arnie and Marjorie, and remember, we really do care.
2: Thank you, Jerry. More and more, I'm coming around to the Jerry side of the collecting force, looking back at some of this vintage stuff.
1: Jerry's kind of your sensei in some ways.
2: In certain ways, because I look at some of this older stuff, and I have such nostalgia. My friend Billy Durbin had the Build-A-Droid set, and it was one of those toys I never had. And it's like, oh, that would be so much fun to have. I haven't gone back for that, but at times, I do think, I've said it before, if Hasbro pulled back and started making less figures, there's a lot of going back and making up I could do, and this would be one of them. <laughs> Finally this week, Marjorie and I did go to the Toyman Toy Show in St. Louis this past Sunday, and we were there looking both for some vintage toys as well as any Tatooine toys we could send to Frank DiOrio for his diorama workshop for Celebration 6. And here is our report from the Toy Man Toy Show.
1: Well, we just finished our run at the Toy Man Toy Show in St. Louis, Missouri.
2: They had more vendors than ever, and yet it felt like they had less stuff than ever.
1: I think it's because this is an all-toy show, not comic or sci-fi, and so you get your old toys like the ones our parents and grandparents played with, and then, for some reason, a ton of Matchbox cars this time.
2: Yeah, more than usual. And... It was a much quicker trip this time. Usually we take a couple hours going through the aisles. I say this time we were in and out in under an hour.
1: Yeah, and we didn't buy any giant Lego people this time. There weren't even any there.
2: No, the guy who made them was there. He didn't even have Anakin, so either he sold them or left them at home. And the other ones he said he was making, maybe we'll see those next time, but not this time. The only Star Wars things I saw of interest, they did have Queen Amidala's Starship from Episode 1. This is my first time seeing it unboxed. The thing is really big, really cool. It was complete with box but loose for 80 I held off just because I don't have a place to put it right now outside of the box. I know it's harder to disassemble It doesn't just go back in the box easily. And so I felt I'd rather have the fun of putting it together and decaling it myself versus buying a loose one like this.
1: No, that's a good idea.
2: And if we'd had our display room set up and I had a place right where I could put it, that would be one thing. I put all my R2 units on the top to be shot off later. I could maybe get a slingshot. We're losing droids fast. You're silly. And the only other thing we saw was a vintage Star Wars puzzle.
1: Yeah, and it was my favorite Luke shot, which is Luke on Tatooine watching the twin sunset. And I love it, and that's just my favorite. But it was a dollar, and it was open. I would have bought it for the dollar, hands down. However, with a puzzle, you never know if all the pieces are going to be there.
2: I have such a great memory of that puzzle. Because when I was like five years old, my friend's mother took us to an Osco drug, and we wanted to buy something ourselves. I think this was my first time ever buying something ourselves. And I had a penny jar. And I had counted out all my pennies. And I had 200 pennies. And so we stuffed them all into this little coin purse that was like a squirrel head. And it was busting at the seams with 200 pennies. It was not meant for more than a buck. And we get there, and I'm trying to decide what I can buy for my two dollars. And there's this puzzle, and it was about a buck 49. And I decide to buy it. First ever item that I'm buying with my own money without my parents there to pay. And so we check out at Osco, and we get up to check out, and they say it'll be whatever it, they said it would be. I take the coin person just dump it out, thinking that's what you do. Pennies are rolling everywhere. The clerk looks embarrassed. My friend's mother is really embarrassed starts shoving the pennies back in. She's just paying the $2 for the puzzle rather than making this clerk count out 200 pennies. <laughs> That's funny. And then that night, I was so excited. Still... I think my friend's mother kept the pennies. I don't think she gave them back to me. She was that kind of woman. But that night, I was just so excited to put it together. And my godparents came over. My parents came over. My sister helped me. And we finished the puzzle around 10 o'clock that night. My godparents kind of gave up the ghost around 9. So we called them at 10 o'clock and woke them up to tell them we finished the puzzle. And I, that was a huge memory for me, was that puzzle. If I ever found one unopened, I would pay quite a bit for it to keep unopened. I may have it unopened from one of the auctions we got. At all. I, mean, I know I got a handful of puzzles, but that puzzle has a memory for me.
1: So your whole family gathered around and you called people to put together a puzzle?
2: I was five. Were you
1: Amish? <laughs> <laughs> do, you, do you understand my confusion here?
2: It does sound like the kind of thing you'd see in an ad that would end with the Church of Latter-day Saints, but it's nonetheless what happened.
1: I just want on the record that I'd be really ticked off if anyone calls me at 10 o'clock at night when I'm asleep and tells me they finished their puzzle. <laughs>
2: <laughs> but while we didn't buy that, I bought a ton of Star Wars stuff. We walked out with bags and bags of Star Wars stuff because, as we mentioned earlier a few shows ago, we had Frank DiOrio from formerly Nub Nub's Universe running the diorama workshop at Star Wars Celebration 6 again and he wanted Tatooine figures and I said back then I wanted to go to toy shows and see if I could load him up with Tatooine
1: and we did you wheeled and dealed and told people what it was for and we walked away with two big bags of we got some beasts and we have a ton of residents of Tatooine
2: I, my goal was to try to get them loose for $0.50 cents a piece and keep them Power of the Force two era because carded, those things are about 2 bucks a piece. But again, Star Wars selection was really limited. We did the whole floor. I was focusing on figures. I hadn't thought about beasts, but we found a $3 loose dewback and a $5 loose Ronto. And I'm like, oh, $8, I got to do that. And we picked up a couple other items, some figures that they had. And then one place in the whole area had $1 figures. And so we rooted through it and could only find 13 Tatooine figures.
1: Yeah, I knew Wheeled and Deal and got the lady to take less than $13 for it, so we picked up a bargain there.
2: And then she had some $2 figures. I was like, yeah, that's a little high. There was one guy with huge bins of figures though, and He was selling them $3 a piece or two for $5, but I wanted a lot. I want to help Frank out. I want to get a lot of things for these kids and parents to, and people like us who aren't kids or parents, but just like Diorama Workshop put things in Tatooine, and I told them I'm looking for people from Tatooine, and they started going, and they had me loaded with 30 figures in under five minutes.
1: Yeah, they really helped out, and they were having fun doing it, too.
2: We have bounty hunters, we have Jawas, a bunch of Jawas, I and mean, you can never have too many Jawas and sand people in a Tatooine diorama, some Jedi, the Nikto Jedi from Attack of the Clones, technically Geonosis, but Frank said if it looks Tatooiney enough, so it was weeny enough, so I went ahead and put it in.
1: Weenie enough, that's funny
2: Some pod racers, some cantina Denzians. So it came out to 30 figures Told him what it was for He really wanted 60 bucks I got him down to 50 So I, I spent a little more than I was expecting Got a little less than I wanted But given this, I still hope this really helps out And helps really populate that diorama at C6 I think it's going to be awesome And we'll be back at the next Toy Man Toy Show. Any idea when that is?
1: The next one is September 30th.
2: Too late for celebration, but we'll be back. I'm wondering, honestly, if the heat wave kept back a lot of the stuff I normally see, some of the larger items, some of the bigger figures or Kotobukiya stuff, just because people didn't want to carry it.
1: Yeah, it's too hot to be messing with this. I mean, we didn't even want to carry what you bought out to the car because it was so hot.
2: And don't forget, you can help out... Frank and the Celebration Six Diorama Workshop. We're going to have a link to his homepage where it tells you all about how to donate anything you want, old figures, as long as they're tatooiney, you can send them over loose, carded, anything. He said, even non Star Wars, if it thinks it'll fit, just to help really make it not look too sparse. And we'll take it back to the studio. And finally this week, we are going to hop over the pond and check in with Steve the Ginger Prince in the UK.
4: Greetings all, this is Steve the Ginger Prince, Star Wars Action News, official UK reporter, checking in to tell you all about two things that I picked up recently. One old, And one new. Let's start with the old first. On the first day of July, the lovely Suzanne and I took a trip out to the Barry Potter Toy Fair, held at the Reebok Stadium in sunny Bolton. We've been going to the Barry Potter toy fairs for about five years now, so we know what to expect. They cram around 300 stalls into a large function room in the bowels of the football stadium. It's mostly modelled cars, dolls and train sets. Quite old-worldy, but there's usually one or two fairly modern sellers with some Star Wars stuff, and occasionally someone who's had a right old rummage through their attic and found some nifty things that I can look through. Barry Potter is the bloke who runs them. That's Barry, not Harry. There's very little of that wand-waving shite to be found. So, four or five times a year, he brings his toy fare to our neck of the woods, so we try and pop along for a couple of hours. We were surprised on this visit to find quite a lot of Star Wars bits and bobs, with lots of older delights, from some of the head-scratchingly bizarre Phantom Menace tie-in merchandise, to some neo-vintage Power of the Force-era goodies. It was a bit of an education, to be honest. We saw collectibles that I was unaware even existed, like a giant gas-powered remote control Luke's Landspeeder, and whole lines of toys that had somehow passed me by, like the weird Power of the Force Complete Galaxy line. I'm really interested to find out, do any listeners out there own the four Complete Galaxy sets that were made? Because all four were news to me. They're very odd. You get a planet, a dodgy figure, and some sort of environment or surround. There's an Ewok hang-gliding on Endor, Yoda and a Bogwing on Dagobah, Reverend Luke and a Sarlacc on Tatooine, and Vader in his meditation chamber on the Death Star, predating the 500th figure version of this by a long way. I don't know how these escaped my knowledge, but this was genuinely my first experience with them, and I'm interested to hear if anyone out there can educate me further about this weird little nook of Star Wars action figure collecting. Anyway, wh- where was I? Stay on target. I own all the prequel trilogy soundtracks, but don't actually own physical copies of the original trilogy soundtracks. I've got them digitally. I think a friend burnt me a disc back in the day, and I've binned it since. But I've never bought a copy of them. Well, that was all about to change when I cast my eyes on something. Something that, again, I didn't know existed. I found a guy who was selling the Star Wars trilogy original soundtrack anthology quadruple CD compilation. He wanted £10 for it, and considering it was still in its original shrink wrap, i bet his hand off. Apparently the set was released in 1993, and it contains all three soundtracks from the original Star Wars trilogy, A New Hope, The Empire Strikes Back, and Return of the Jedi. It claims to be the most comprehensive soundtrack anthology ever commercially released, and boasts cleaned up sound from the original soundtrack releases. It also has a bonus fourth disc containing outtakes, alternate and expanded cues, and never-before-released tracks that can't be found anywhere else, plus a colourful booklet touching upon all facets of John Williams' unforgettable music, with extensive and in-depth examination of Williams' classic compositions, including comparisons between the soundtrack recordings and their film version counterpart. All in all, it's a great set, and I'm very happy to have picked it up for such a tidy price. Right, what about the new... Well, back in February of this year, when Arnie and Marjorie were at Toy Fair, they interviewed a British guy from Winning Moves, the company behind a card game called Top Trumps. Like most British men of my age, I love Top Trumps. They were an essential part of my growing up here in the UK. You Americans had G.I. Joe. We Brits had Top Trumps. What do I like more than Top Trumps? Well, Star Wars Top Trumps. I own all of the Star Wars Top Trumps that have been produced. The US pack, the British Original Trilogy and Prequel Trilogy packs, the Clone Wars packs, both Tartofsky and Filoni eras. Heck, I even own German Star Wars Top Trumps. Well, imagine how pleased I was to find that unbeknownst to me, a pack of Top Trumps had been issued to celebrate the 3D release of The Phantom Menace earlier this year, and that my local entertainer, Toy Shop, was selling them at £4 a pop. The pack of cards is perhaps the best Star Wars pack to date, A vibrant red outline, great choice of photos, and a fabulous little lightsaber graphic for each of the six character properties that you use to try and win each other's cards. Jedi powers, dark side, greed, courage, flying skills, and hall of fame. The best card in the pack, the one that is stacked with a greater chance of winning any duel or the top trump if you prefer, is Darth Maul, hence his ugly mug on the front of the pack. There's a nice spread of cards in the deck, from Jar Jar Binks to Wold and even a clawfish. I sincerely hope that if and when the other five films of the saga hit the cinemas in 3D, they make five accompanying packs of top trumps, because I'll buy them all in a flash. Okay, that was short and sweet, but as I always say, it's not the length of your lightsaber blade, it's what you do with it, or something like that anyway. I'll put you back in the safe hands of Marjorie and Arnie.
1: Thank you, Steve. We'll see you actually in a few weeks.
2: At Celebration. And hopefully we'll see some of you listeners at San Diego Comic-Con. Chris has gone out of the park with his badge for this one. We're doing the Macquarie tribute badges. And if you see us, say hi. We will give you a badge. If you're coming to the fan breakfast, Everybody there getting a badge and a button. So say hi, and hopefully we will get to see you there. During the Star Wars panels, the Star Wars fan breakfast, or just out on the floor of San Diego. And we will be back sometime in the next week with our Comic-Con coverage.
1: We'll talk to you then.
0: Thank you for listening to Star Wars Action News. You can find even more Star Wars coverage at our sister podcast, Republic Forces Radio Network, where we review each episode of the Clone Wars cartoon series. You can find that show at republicforces.com. If you're into Star Wars novels, check out the Star Wars Action News Book Club, where we read and review all the Star Wars novels. That podcast is at swactionnews.com. We want your feedback and suggestions for Star Wars Action News. You can email us at show at swactionnews.com or post your thoughts in the Star Wars Action News forums at swactionnews.com, the most friendly forums on the web. You can be on Star Wars Action News by calling our voicemail at 415-508-JEDI or sending an MP3 or iPhone voice memo to show at SWActionNews.com. All materials submitted become the property of Star Wars Action News and are subject to use on our show. You can help support Star Wars Action News by using the affiliate links on our homepage when shopping online. We would also appreciate it if you spread the word about Star Wars action news by posting about us on Twitter, Facebook, MySpace, or just tell a friend about the show. If you enjoy the show, please leave us a review on iTunes, and you can also cast a vote for us each month at Podcast Alley. Links to both can be found on our homepage at SWActionNews.com. For more Star Wars collecting, please visit YakFace.com and JediTempleArchives.com, and we thank those sites for their support of Star Wars Action News. Star Wars Action News is created, produced, and hosted by Marjorie and Arnie. The Star Wars Action News team is website designed by Jason, associate produced and announcements by Brock, reporters Jerry, Dan, Steve, and Justin, graphic design by Chris, and podcast enhancement by Barrett. Star Wars Action News is not affiliated with Lucasfilm Limited. The show is created by fans showing their love of Star Wars. Star Wars and all the Star Wars universe contains is trademarked and copyrighted Lucasfilm Limited. All rights reserved. Until next time, may the pegs be stocked and the Force be with you. Star Wars Action News. Now this is podcasting. Star Wars, Star Wars Action Wars, News is a video media, production, production copyright, copy 2012, right, 2012. All, rights all rights reserved.
2: Somebody pointed out it looked like a Guinness bottle, and I don't disagree. With the green, and or was it Heineken maybe? I think it's
1: Heineken you're thinking of.
2: All right, then we will redo that.
1: Starring Jennifer Anner, Aniston. That's from Friends.